always telling me to breathe The wind is always whispering through the leaves It sings to the world They cling to the world I listen and Music stops and echoes linger on The secret to the kingdom was confirmed Waiting till you sing me one more song The messenger conveyed the rule You promised the moon But I needed two For notes are rarely wrong We built a kingdom out of lies and then we blindly fanned the fires we warmed our hands with glowing coals but now they rain down from the sky hello listeners and welcome to episode 44 of god jabrew i'm the lizza and i'm j3po and that was uh, a, v- a version of leaves the new song off sigma oasis which i guess is like a newish song uh and the reason why i picked it uh was because under the scales which you pointed out to me the newest episode uh was a deep dive into those lyrics awesome yeah so um he's always like interviewed and they're always like he like they like softball him questions about what things are and obviously there's a very natural way to read into the lyrics of the song as being about um sort of like environmental or political like you know calamity and sort of like a dystopian vibe it's got um but basically trey and tom marshall wrote this in 2017 march 2017 the jersey shore and it was about nature it's essentially about nature and he says that (laughs) basically in his mind he sees it as the trees are the people the trees are the things reminding him to breathe (laughs) <laughs> right and the song structure is actually interesting because uh trey took what they had written together and then took a p- separate poem uh, that tom marshall had written and then like kind of interwove the lyrics together oh that's interesting that i yeah. did not know actually yeah that's like the little secret thing about it um so it's pretty cool and like obviously he talks about ways leaving lyrics kind of open-ended and more interpretational so every- everyone can have their own meaning of it um but there was a really good quote where i guess one of his friends um's inspiration like the person who taught them how to write <laughs> said i don't write to say what i'm thinking i write to find out what i'm thinking ah. and that's kind of how tom morris that he like felt about this song because like he always he had like these themes of nature and things like dancing around in his head and the kind, this is kind of just like what came out that's- and then they go basically on further to talk about uh how this song well, how Tom feels that this song is like one of the most mature songs that him and Trey have ever written. And I feel like they give it a, like a different feel on the album and it's very multi-layered and stuff. So there's, he, he, there's like a reason why they think this song is special and they still have yet to kind of figure out why. <laughs> so it's cool. And I think the song as it is, they've only played it three times live, has potential to maybe become something cooler. You'd think <laughs> you got to figure if they start, if or when they start playing again, that would they would play this one a little more often, I would guess. Um, seems like Trey really likes it. The intro to the song 
when it's Trey and then Paige comes in and they're kind of, it reminds me of musical theater actually, like sure. a lot. Um, and then it goes on to be, you know, it builds. Um, I do like the string arrangements on the album a lot. Right. right. Um, that really fills it out. Uh, I wasn't crazy about it. I wasn't at the Baker's Dozen show that they played it. I don't think I've ever seen it live. So that's the show that we came in with for the, sh- for yeah. the episode. And that was a Baker's Dozen Maple Night. And oh, I wait, picked, I was at Maple Night. I had picked mm-hmm. that one because that version of it live was the best. Right. I don't remember it at that show. It's, in the, second, <laughs> it's in the second set. They've played it cool twice. Down song. Yeah, it's like the ballad. Yeah, like exactly. Right. That's always in kind of like that pocket. And then there's one other show they play it in the first set. But I guess it, it's, yeah, it's going to be in like that, whatever ballad, cool it's down, a, like the waist, you know, that instead of that, it's going to be the, this. To me, it's one of those songs that's a, it's a tough song to place at a fish show because it is actually emotional in earnest, you know? Right. And so it's like, right. where, when do you want to take us out of the party and into your uh, environmental lament or whatever? Right, uh, right, so right, it's, right. A, it's, a, it's a hard spot in a fish type show i feel like to place it right but i could see it being done you know i don't know i could also see a bunch of people moaning and groaning as soon as those yeah those intro chords come in yeah yeah i mean it's not terribly long unless they do decide to like do some kind of like arrangement inside of it it's not like crazy crazy long and i think i think i think they're really into it i do remember i do remember seeing them play this once and not knowing what the song was but like Trey was like motioning with his hands, like when they were talking about the lyric about, you know, yeah. built a kingdom out of lies. And like he was, they were all obviously very passionate about it. I mean, it made the cut for the new <laughs> right, record. Right, right, right. So it's, I think they're going to do something cool with it. Hopefully, if not, I mean, I still really think it's cool. But like you're saying, it is a weird, new a Year's weird gag. one. <laughs> a we- <laughs> Maybe, who knows? I don't know. I so that actually does kind of segue us into the dinner and a movie thing. So next, so if you want to obviously like listen to Tom Marshall's podcast Under the Scales, which you should, that episode is really rad. Um, but moving on to dinner and a movie from this past week. Dinner and a movie. Right. This was a good one. It was a great one. July 23rd, <laughs> 1999. Yeah. At Polaris Theater. Polaris Amphitheater in Polaris. Columbus, Ohio. Yeah. Cool. All right. So I guess maybe, I don't know. Let's just talk about like this year, like this show, kind of like, you know, just overall. Okay. Well, (laughs) this show um, is towards the end of the summer tour. Um, This is an interesting tour to me because of the way the lineup, the band is set up on stage. Right. You have Trey in the old Fishman position and Mike in the old Trey position and Fishman in the middle there. Um, so that was really cool. I think it opened them up to some cool, different style jammings. I think this year provided them with some of the best jams they had ever played in their life. But it was also the first year where maybe a little bit of like complacency or boredom is creeping in with the guys. And I think they're obviously using um, partying a little bit harder than they had at any point in their career before this. And it, it shows a little bit. But uh, so I think it's. It's a weird, it's like a polarizing year in, in that regard. Interesting. So my, my takeaway from this was, for me personally, I don't know, and I guess it's kind of like echoes what you just kind of said, I think, is like, the I mean, everything was fast. It was just like fast, 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 fast. You know, Trey going crazy on the guitar. Like right. everyone just like 
you know, on to the point where they're like losing their mind, you know, melting kind of status. But it wasn't like the jams were intricate or terribly creative or like, you know what I'm saying? Like now I think they're a little bit more of that. Then they were a lot more just like fast, blow your face off kind of crazy shit. Well, but you have to think if you listen to actually the tempos that they play these songs at, they're actually a little bit slower. In the jams, there's a lot more tray. Sometimes you could say noodly tray. Um, right. Uh, so I looked it up. Like I couldn't find anything from '99, but around 2000, so the the following year, his guitar rig. Um, they they did an article in Guitar Player magazine about the rig, and um, he's got a couple of things. He's got two of these things that are called boomerang pedals, which are basically like they uh, create delay loops, but they also create samples. So he can like play a little riff and then sample and repeat it. But he could also um, slow and mess with the pitch of the repeat and he can also play it backwards and so he'll start getting a lot of these loops going at once to where it's just just guitar craziness and it you can hear it in birds of a feather especially on this show and it that part kind of loses me but their collective jamming their groove oriented stuff i think is the top of the notch in in 1999 in a lot of ways um this show in particular, it is a five-song second set, but really the two big jams are Birds and Ghost. They do all the real heavy lifting. Um, I agree. Ghost was the highlight of this show for me personally. Yeah, me too. Me too, for <laughs> sure. For sure. Um, but that song generally has that like slower, funky feel, yeah. like you're saying, and they, they are doing that very well. In this show, in particular, I'm sure in this year, particularly, um, well, so like, that yeah. they li- li- like like lines up what they're liking to play and that what that song is is very sure. Similar. And I mean, if you listen to the ACDC bags from this tour, they're very slow. Huh. It's bump, bump, it's bump, bump, bam, bam. I mean, it's it's slow, it, so it's all pocket groove, which is fun. Right, right. I right. like it a lot. Right. Also, Trey has a keyboard this tour, which right. adds some things to the jams, like in the Punch You in the Eye, there's some really cool keyboard samples on, on the intro that he's doing. Um, like the robot sounding yeah, thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I thought that was great. I re- that was a little bit of a highlight for me. Um, he was laughing. He was like chuckling at yeah. it, I think. Yeah. <laughs> so I wasn't at this show. I was at um, the two shows after this, which were the Deer Creek shows that ended the summer tour, which was great. While this was going on, Woodstock 99 was happening. And nothing could be different from Woodstock 99 than a fish show. Um, And Trey even talks about that at the last show of the tour, um, which is cool, because Woodstock 99 was a disaster. Right. Just trying to recreate something in the wrong time. (laughs) For the wrong reasons. Yeah, for sure. For sure. For sure. Interesting. Okay, so right, this show was right before they went to Japan? Yeah, there's... uh, between the end of this tour, two shows later, this tour ends, and then later in July or early August, I think they're in Japan for four shows. Um, they played a rock fest there, first time in Japan, and then they come back home for the fall. And let's talk about, so Meat Stick was new at the time. Yeah. Meat Stick was new. Um, there's actually, there's a ton of new songs on this tour, but Meat Stick in particular is of importance. Uh, they did a midsummer festival, Oswego. And in upstate New York, and they tried to break the world record uh, for the chicken dance, I believe, that broke the Macarena world record for biggest group dance. They didn't get it. They said they couldn't prove that everyone was participating, and they didn't think that they had enough people. So 
the real cool thing about this show and this meat stick is they're trying to teach people how to do the meat stick dance so they can break the record someday. He low-key drops that, hey, we're going to be in New Year's for Florida, so come on down and dance the meat stick then. And I think that's a big reason they chose to make this show the dinner in a movie in some ways. It's like a signpost for us, at least I hope. Um, but <clears throat> it goes to the importance of meat stick because building up to Big Cypress meat stick is a big important thing about that show, which is a different conversation altogether. So <laughs> let's touch on what you said, which I think there's a lot of speculation for. I don't do like Twitter and I don't do any of that stuff, but I'm sure people are already kind of like, you know, chit chatting about them choosing this dinner in a movie because they were advertising Big Cypress. Maybe. I mean, uh, there doesn't seem to be a large, I, I haven't seen too much about this, but that's what popped into my head is like, if they're not going to play on New Year's, um, give us a simulcast of the granddaddy of them all and right, let us pull an all-nighter with you yeah. on our couches um, to watch that wonderful set. And hopefully the day before too, it's some of their finest playing in the history of the band. It's really a great, great thing. Um, so I'm hoping that's why they chose this. The, the other curious thing is some of these, like, this show is like the fourth best show of the week. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> like there's always, and there just always seems to be like, we'll pick this show. And then you look at the shows around it. And it's like, Jesus, they could have picked this or this. And I don't know what the logistics are. And if they just have the Jumbotron feed for every show that there ever was a Jumbotron on, or they have limited, I don't know what the deal is, but it just, I think it's funny. Because two days later is Chris Carota's birthday and they play a ripping show at Deer Creek. Nice. Okay. See, well, I think they may have chosen this show specifically to kind of tongue-in-cheek allude right? to Are the fact that they us? might do something cool. Yeah. yeah, I think so. I don't know. Who knows? I don't really know how they pick them. Uh, it, it's not... Uh, who's the ar- archivist? It's not hi- all him? I, I don't know if it's all... It's Kevin Shapiro is the Shapiro, archivist. And I'm yeah. sure that he has a lot to do with it, but I don't know how much... I can't find any information on this. I am not in that note. <laughs> Dang. I wish I could. Like, I wish I could help. I want to be on the committee that chooses dinner in a movies. <laughs> or they could, like, let people vote on it once. Right, but we don't know which shows we Are could avail- vote available. on. Yeah, yeah. I want to go to this. just suggest what oh, they want, you know. Just, There's I, always going to be people suggesting their ideal or I have whatever. this fantasy of walking around a giant warehouse of just all fish videos just lined up and archived and me being able to pick anyone, but. It's never going to happen. <laughs> to watch in its entirety. Yeah. Because you have very specific years that you really want to see them from. Yeah, I want to see some summer 98. I would like to see a 97. Uh, yeah, I want to see, like, if you're only doing it once a month, and, like, I mean, the 3.0 stuff is cool, but, like, come on. Like, take us down memory lane. So, but so far, since they've only been doing it once a month, they did 99. Yeah. Well, so that's maybe... only one, one out of one. Well, <laughs> we're, okay, but my point is. We're on the right track. It seems like if they're going to pull back a little bit, right. they're going to give us maybe more cool stuff. Probably so. not. They're probably just so. going to keep it the same way, peppering in like modern stuff or right. whatever. But all right. Um, any other cool, just general 99 stuff or this show stuff? Um, I have some stuff about the amphitheater and about the time. Like this amphitheater had a short lifespan. Opened 615.94 with the Moody Blues show. Closed uh, 9-16-07. I know I'm not supposed to say the number. <laughs> With a Toby Keith show. So it was around from 94 to 07, which is just weird. Um, they bulldozed it, and a new developer like took over the place, and now it's going to be some sort of office park or something. 
Nice. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Songs on the charts at this time, Smash Mouth, All Star. Nice. Pearl Jam, Last Kiss, and Genie in a Bottle, Christina Aguilera. The number one song was Wild Wild West by Will Smith. Blah. (laughs) Wow. Yeah, that sounds like 99. Yeah. What a time. I turned 21 that fall. Actually, 21 years ago tomorrow, I turned 21. I know, Mm -hmm. man. Happy early birthday. Thanks. <laughs> um, cool. All right. So I don't know. The show was really great. I did really enjoy this. I don't know what to say. I went to re-listen to it today again. I wanted it like fresh in my brain. And there's always things that I find so much more appealing just listening to the show versus watching it as the simulcast. How do you mean? Um, well, like sometimes, obviously, depending on the mood I'm in watching the simulcast i get like bored or kind of pulled out of it or it's like i'm not there so in those moments for me it's very like those are the smack me in the face moments where i'm like oh i'm definitely like not at this show like my brain simulates the feeling but this is i'm just like all right um so there was some of that for me with this show um some yeah some parts were just noise-ish you know like they were they were kind of eh. um but then going back and re-listening to it especially with that bowie which i know i was like ragging on (laughs) and then i listened to it i was like yeah it's pretty fucking good like this is pretty tight (laughs) like i enjoyed it i enjoyed the kind of like towards the end where they're like doing the over and over and the fills are a little bit more empty from fishman and so it's like crazy and then like sort of empty and slow and stopping and there's a lot of uh, elaborate things going on that maybe i just didn't pick up on when i was watching the simulcast right there's also other people and we're talking yeah yeah different headspace so we watched it together so i would say i would say this is a stronger second set than i remember um i remember being like kind of deflated that they did free in the second set it's a good version um yeah so again i like went back and i was like all right like that's I don't prefer that song to be in a second set ever either. (laughs) If it's going to be five songs, like, I mean, so other than, I mean, the other three songs are Free, Fire, and Meat Stick. So really, Birds and Ghosts are are the bulk of the set. Sure, 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 sure. Yeah. And those are the highlights, as you say. Um, Yeah, I, yeah, I, I still, it's just... It perplexes me, but I guess because of the Florida announcement, but there's just, there's a lot better shows that, that very week. I think the show before and the two shows after are better, so. But do you think that because you were there? I was only at the last two shows, so I wasn't at the show before, but maybe. Um, seven twenty five ninety nine is a kind of a pretty legendary show. It was Chris Carota's birthday, like a lot of good tunes. Um, Whipping post, like just all kinds of stuff. Chris gets a one minute light solo with no music. They sang happy birthday to him. It was just like a, just one of the greatest shows I've ever seen. So it's, I don't know. Yes, I'm biased, but that is also, I think many consider it an upper Sure. And that's show. like a cool little nugget in fish history that yeah, I'm sure like yeah. people would like to see. I mean, that's why I really like the second set of this is I saw the whole meat stick thing and right. he brings the meat stick chicks up on stage and he's showing everybody how to do the meat stick and they literally go around in like the circle twice. So they do like, eight times yeah. <laughs> like they do it a lot <laughs> um so it's good it's fun it's playful um i they to me are like obviously like noticeably on drugs like trey particularly so it's like 
page. Jewel mail. Yeah, page, <laughs> page, page, for real. Uh, I always wonder when I'm watching those shows if they're watching them and it's hard for themselves to go back and watch them in a different time like that. I bet they don't watch it at all because of what you just said. Yeah, yeah. And then sure. the other thing I was afraid of is like the day after on Twitter, there were all these page memes of like, this is what happens, like, you know, when you're in the K hole and like blah, blah, blah. There were just a lot of memes making fun of Paige being wasted. And it's like, hey, if you want them to play more 1.0 shit, maybe like don't make fun of the fact that they're like all playing wasted yeah, and stuff. Yeah, like, come yeah, on, yeah, man. Yeah. You know? I right. Mean, I right, guess right. we're talking about it now here. And it's no secret. We all know it. And it doesn't, I don't think it takes away anything. Like the music is, it is what it is. It's still c- cool stuff. Like I really, really enjoyed it. Yeah, I also think it's like hard if you're doing something and you're creating something to go back and watch it to not be cr- particularly critical. And I know like Paige specifically has had like, I've read interviews where he like, it it bothers him when he goes and like lis- re-listens to stuff because he'll hear mistakes that he's made and he yeah. gets like hard on, like, you yep. know, he really gets hard on himself about it and it's just like nobody was, nobody gave a shit, but you're, you're your biggest critic, you exactly. know? So you, yeah. I'm sure they would like nitpick the shit out of all that stuff. Yeah, which is probably why they don't watch it. <laughs> so that's why they shouldn't pick them either. If they have any hand in picking them, they shouldn't do that. It should be just I don't know. Out. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know how it works. I wish we knew. Yeah, maybe we should dig up. I don't know. Yeah. We need a letter of transparency. Seriously, right? <laughs> <laughs> Who freaking knows? All right, so how long do they break up after this? The breakup comes... After October of 2000, and then they don't get back together till New Year's 2002 into three is when they get back together. Got you. This is the first time. Yes. And it was because everybody was feeling. They were like, we need to take some time off. Yeah, yeah, Deal with some issues. Right, 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 right. And then they didn't do any of that, but got back together anyway. So. (laughs) Sure, sure, And the reason I think that is because that's what they said. Sure. Interesting. Okay. It was about like taking time for themselves to slow down or they felt creatively no, I think, stifled. Uh, I'm not sure. I think it was to slow down, maybe some family time, like take it easy. Like it was getting out of hand. Like after sure. Big Cypress, I mean, it probably really could have stopped it then. I think they were also starting to feel like we've created this machine and we have to keep doing it because we have all these people on our payroll and they need to get paid. And so there's this pressure to keep it going. Right. And, uh, you know, you look at what happened to the Grateful Dead and situations like that or Jerry Garcia and stuff. And I think it's probably a good decision. I, they probably should have waited a little longer to get back together. Who knows? I don't know. I like the 2.0 era, but it didn't seem like, according to them, they didn't really resolve any, any of their issues. Anything that yeah. they had planned to yeah. do. Right. So that's why it's like very short time. And they actually do break up, break up. Yeah. Interesting. All right. Well, I'm ready to talk about the Beacon shows if you are. Let's do it. Cool. Well, there's not like super, there's not a lot of Oh, info. wait, before yeah. I, I did, I made a, uh, because it's the time of the year and it's 21 years ago, I made a Fall 99 playlist um, that, I don't know, I'll share electronically somehow. Yeah, or yeah, we can post it. Yeah. Sounds great. It's cool. You put this together yourself? Yeah. Interesting. It was, it was all, all the shows I went to in the fall. Uh, or most of them, I omitted one show. And um, so it's basically from August 26th through the end of the tour, which was the 10th of October Got at it. 99. Got it. 
Cool. And it's just like your favorite picks from my, these my, shows. My favorite picks from those Things shows. to go back and re-listen to. Yes. Good good highlight moments. Nice little peaks. Yeah. A lot of good shit actually in here. Okay. Very cool. What was happening like, I always have a hard time of like placing things in fish time. And I feel like you have an easier time with that because it kind of like happened as you were living. Right. Yeah. So it's easier for you to like remember life events in, in, you know, in and around things that happen with fish. So like album wise, what had they like, what was out before so, they had done this like we're, um, we're in their musical they're between writing were ghost, they they're between the albums ghost and farmhouse which okay. ha- there's a lot of overlap so ghost had come out already yeah ghost came out in the fall of 98 right um farmhouse doesn't come out till can't remember if it's fall of 99 i think it comes out in 2000 actually okay um but a lot of the songs on farmhouse were written on the ghost sessions and the newer ones were already being played so this tour yeah this yeah. tour uh back on the train First Tube, Meat Stick, Gotta Jaboo, those are all new. Um, So those are in regular rotation. There's another one, Mozambique, another instrumental that was around for a while that kind of fell off. They rarely play that one anymore. But there's a bunch of new tunes on this tour, so it was kind of fun uh, for that reason. Interesting. Cool. Things they were excited to play, things they were super into. Part of the... What I like about the older shows is, for me personally, because I'm a newer Fish fan, is seeing the evolution of music and how songs change. Yeah. And I guess because I'm so into it, there are little very like nuanced things you notice and then don't notice. The possum intro Correct. comes to that's, mind. That's specifically what right. I'm referencing. When I'm just like, this sounds so different to me. Why? Like, there's not enough keyboards. And you're just and like, like, that oh. wasn't a thing yet. Yeah, like, yeah, I hadn't done and it I was yet. just like, ah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Interest like interesting, but then yeah. you're like, all right, well, I kind of like the way they do it now better. Hey, um, but some, I, I but I like knowing that that wasn't a thing always, and that right. it developed into something. Some of the things develop over time. Some of the changes are written. You know, it's just all different. And it's cool though. Um, I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. I think there's some <laughs> things they do better now, and some things they don't do as well now, and vice versa. Right, so right, just, right, right. You know. See evolution again. It's like a little little piece of history. You're watching a little piece of history. Cool. Um. So, surprise, surprise. Part of the reason why they scale back dinner in the movies was because something else is happening, which is also really cool. <laughs> I love the way I was introduced to this without knowing anything about it, and then it just became <laughs> a thing. I literally, it felt like it was fake. My yeah. friend who told me literally was like, "Oh, maybe I just made that up in a dream." Yeah, because you brought it up to me a couple weeks ago, and you're like, do you know anything so, about a so trade yeah, beacon so yeah, run? Yeah, yeah. And I so, was like, no, not at all. One of my friends called me up and was just like, didn't you tell me about the beacon shows? And I was just like, what are you talking about, man? And he's like, no, like, Trace was his plan, like, residency, beacon, like, he's gonna, like, it's like with other people, other artists, fr- trained friends. And he's like, you're the one that told me that, right? And I'm just like, dude, you're telling me news. I'm not <laughs> telling you news. It's not the opposite. It's like flipped. Yeah. You're thinking I'm telling you something, but you're telling me something. And then I asked you, obviously, because you always know everything. And then you didn't know. So I was like, all right, maybe this is just like whack and bogus. I started poking around and I was like, I have, there's nothing about this. So maybe that dude nothing, nothing. is full of shit. Nothing. Like whatever. <laughs> and then boom. <gasps> right. Last, what, yesterday yeah, when did they or not, Friday, yeah, Thursday? Yeah they, yeah, they announced this like a, only a couple days ago yeah. um, that now there is going to be a residency for eight weeks at the Beacon and it's going to be live. So no one's going to be in the audience, but they're going to be doing, or Trey is going to be doing cool new stuff. And the only details they have in the article that I read is that it's going to be acoustic, electronic, and then like a bunch of other stuff. And there's going to be like instances where Trey interacts with the audience online. So like, 
Yeah, that part sounds cheesy, but um, I, <laughs> I'm hoping it's going to be cool. Um, I'm hoping, you know, they have Chris doing lights. I'm hoping that some tab people, I guess it's like, does it yeah, have to be all yeah. people from New York, you know, because of like COVID and stuff? Like, could there be a week where it's the four guys of fish playing, you know? I, I think, I'm hoping that's the <laughs> that case. would be great. Um, but there's a plethora of musicians, obviously, here in sure. New York City that would sure, be sure, sure. awesome, you know, all kinds of awesome shows. But like, I think the possibilities are endless. I just, I don't know. I wonder what it's going to be like. Like, I wish they would, I, so I kind of want them so to put I'm out a lineup excited. or something, but, ah, but I'm maybe excited. we just want to be surprised. Yeah, exactly. I'm excited because it's the potential for something truly new, which, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you're go- for me, the old simulcasts are new, but they're not new. They're history. So this is like a cool, organic, fun, awesome thing. Yeah. As long I'm as he's like interacting it. with other good musicians, he's always like. Oh, it's going to be great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's always like stimulated and like coming up with really cool shit. He was awesome. great with the roots the other day. Yeah, yeah. Well, that was Fallon, right? That's yeah. specifically what I'm thinking of. <laughs> yeah. Nice. I'm excited about it. It starts Friday, so something October to do. October 9th. Yeah, yeah something Friday. To do. And now that's every Friday. So every Through Friday. Through November 7th, I think. Yeah. Um, and you were saying it's on Twitch. And I was like, when I read that, I was like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> um, I know. And we found out today it's a gamer. <laughs> gamer we're old. App. I guess we're just fucking old uh yeah i didn't really know what it was i had heard of it but i i there was a couple people i know that had some kind of dj stream going on twitch some kind of like party or something and i think nice i'm starting to see more and more live. i think we'll start to see more and more live music pop up that way because relics channel now has a twitch which so i watched some joe russo's almost dead the other night on that um so it's cool um it was a good format. It was a good platform. It didn't buffer at all or anything. It's really nice, you know. That's very good to know. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Wicked. So I think we're going to take a break on the ghost, obviously, since it's like noticeably the highlight of this show. Um, and then Great we'll be back. Ghost. Yeah, it's really, it's very good. Uh, and then we'll be back to talk about beer. Great. I can't wait. Oh, it's going to be back after a
I'm the Lizza. I'm J3PO. And I like the little sparklies behind. We're going to turn that off. All right. So moving on with the second portion of the episode. We're talking about beer today. We're actually talking about beer today. We made it. <laughs> we did it. We're, uh, <laughs> we're going to talk about a brewery. We're going to taste some beer. We're going to be very professional about this. Um, cool. So when we were talking about what we wanted to do, um, I definitely was like, hey, man, there's this brewery that I'm like super into right now. And I like barely get into breweries anymore. I'm like so jaded by beer because I work in the scene and I have to try and drink so much of it. Whatever, you know, good, bad, doesn't matter. There's just so much of it. Uh, I yeah. rarely get super into something anymore. Um, and I just like found myself um, really gravitating towards the this brewery's beers. So we're going to be talking about Schilling Beer Co. today. Um, these guys are based in Littleton. New Hampshire, and I was actually, they have on their website the history of the town, and it's literally one of the most, like, it was voted the top 10 places to, like, live in the world, and it's, like, the most picturesque, like, beautiful, like, New England town. It has, like, a covered bridge, like, running through the center of town with, like, a trout river, and just, it's, like, literally, if you can imagine, like, a movie town, like, a New England movie town, this is, like, what this place is supposed to be. Which, I find this ironic because... Never would you think of one of the best places in the world to live in would be in New Hampshire. Yeah, you know how they do all those stupid, like, best town in the yeah, world, yeah, in the States yeah. or United States and stuff. Like, they were in the top 10 almost exclusively wow. on this list every year or whatever. Who knew? Yeah, yeah. So I can close my eyes and picture it. But it's great to know that it's, like, a super cool, chill, um, like, outdoorsy town. Like, people say to go there and do, like, outdoor stuff, like fishing and you know hiking and whatever etc et and then et go to the brewery afterwards right so it's they consider themselves a mountain town um which i guess i was actually thinking on a little bit because the only other time i've been i guess you know to like a folky or cool or like you know rustic mountain area is colorado and i remember being out in colorado and having not like a hard time finding good beer because there's a ton of beer out there and a ton of good beer out there but it was weird because like their scope of the styles they were choosing to brew were so much different than what we have here it was a lot of like ambers it was a lot of browns it was a lot of things you don't normally see so my mind started to kind of start clicking when i read the description of the town and kind of where they were based and their community and like how it is uh which i thought was cool um, but really this is leading into me saying that I was so turned on by this brewery is because they, I think, uh, are reinvigorating styles of beer that are not being brewed by anybody else. It's a lot of lagers. It's a lot of pilsners, It's a lot of cool, like Belgian beers, wheat beers, like farmhouse. They're doing a lot of cool stuff and they're doing a lot of stuff. They and make a lot of beers. I went on their website. A lot of beer. <laughs> a lot of beer. They do make an IPA. Like they make a, a stylistically a ton yeah, of stuff. They do. Um, but they're making things that nobody makes, right? Uh, just a really solid Czech style pills for the Alexander. Uh, they're making alt beers. They're making just things that you're like, what the hell? Like, you know what I mean? Like, when, why did you decide to brew this type of thing? I went to their website. Um, you turned me on to them. And so I went to my local bottle shop. I guess a can shop at this point. Right. <laughs> There's only like four bottles and the rest is cans. Went to my local can shop and I bought a four pack of um, the pills. Um, 
Alexander, the Czech sub. Yeah, girls. yep, yep. And then I had the Old World Lager. Um, the Land Beer. The Land Beer. Rustic and then I, I also had a four-pack of Poppy's Moonship. Um, and they were great. Um, just very well done. Like, just prime examples. You'd almost wonder, is, like, is one of them from Europe? Um, right, right. So then right. I looked on their website, and they have, I mean, they have on draft at their facility, like, 60 or 70 beers or something like that. And they break it down by country. It's they've got the Belgian section. They have the German section. They have yep. the British section. Yep. At, like they literally make everything. And it seems like they're doing it all well. The thing that stinks about right here and right now is we can only get a few That's styles right. in cans. Um, right. And looking at what they make, it's like, geez, this seems like it would be like uh, travel worthy. Like, right, this is, right. This is worth a trip up there. Right. To, to a, see a these guys. Yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. I totally and completely agree. And with all of these <laughs> loggers, they are, these folks are after my own heart. I can tell you that. And they're, the Pilsner was really well done. I'm dying to try their Hellas lager. As you know, that's probably my desert island beer. And so um, I would love to try that, but I don't think we're going to get it here anytime soon, but probably worth the travel. I think so. So, um, I actually wrote them a little nice email this morning saying that like I work in the beer business here and like it's been a while since like creatively I've like been drawn to anything and how like basically every account I go to now I just like <laughs> troll the shelves and see if any of them have a new shilling right. and, I, and it's just like this joke with me and my buyers my account buyers that like they know I love shilling and I'm always gonna buy like the newest thing they have and uh the again like the the variety of beers and the me going into shops and just seeing like this here a rice lager here a, a, a land beer i just read today is the reinvigorated wine stefan yeast so that's what makes oh, it like awesome yeah old old world um i don't know just like the things they're doing personally obviously reached to me and i think a lot of people in the beer community and like a lot of like the people who work in the beer scene like our whole like inside thing is we love loggers pilsners and yeah. loggers yeah, because yeah. the scene is just so saturated with the hazy and, and all the things that people are supposed to want, the hard seltzers and the marshmallow whatevers. It's it's really <laughs> nice to have a, a brewery that's doing creative, cool stuff, but the silos are things that I actually want to be drinking. Not just, you know, I'm going to do something weird out of my butt that's stupid. And I think exactly. it's cool because it's, uh, literally it's the reverse, the exact re reverse approach. People in the beer industry now are thinking they have to do things that have never been done before and it's getting wilder and wilder and etc et no it's, it's getting weirder <laughs> yeah like you know and these guys are just like eh, no nah, we want to brew like you know <laughs> sometimes you just need yeah, a good lager yeah exactly something that stylistically nobody else does i mean their beers are so well done every single one that i've had they're they're, they're masterful masterful so the first one we have to try today which is probably my favorite beer right now and i know it's probably gone at this point uh is merriment and they've done a lot of collabs i was also kind of scanning their site a little bit um but this is a collaboration with threes brewing um, right here in brooklyn yeah so where we are and where we can get beer <laughs> um i really actually like the can art a lot i think it's a cool mashup between threes and chilling chilling has like the banner front logo with their like really iconic like wheat things and yep. then it's the a weedy line yeah that's the iconic threes thing um so i, I that's just a cool like nod to the collab there 
Um, so this guy, they're calling it a festival style lager. And I believe they're doing that just because it's a bit higher in alcohol the way it would be like if you went to Germany and got an Oktoberfest. Yep. Yeah. You know, beer there. Um, it pays homage to Munich's Oktoberfest celebration. So, yep. Stronger variation of the Helles lager. Um, golden in color, obviously, as Helles is our doughy. Um, they use Mandarin Bavaria in the Whirlpool, a newer hop variety grown in Germany's Halatar region to put kind of like their own spin on the classic style. And then they basically go into what you were saying earlier about describing how this is distinctively different from a classic Marzen or what, you know, the Amber Oktoberfest that we have here that they also don't really drink in Germany. Exactly. <laughs> so uh, this, this is, is this perfect. is like, class, like yeah. classic meets new world type yeah, jam yeah. is what they're after. Yeah. I think this beer is so solid, it's insane. <laughs> yeah, it's absolutely dead on for the style. It's nice, boozy Hellas. It is. And the only reason they were boozier back in the day is because they had to sell her from March till yeah, harvest. Yep. Yep, um, yep, yep. So, you know. Let it go for longer. Months and months, you need a little bit higher ABV in the Keller. For sure. <laughs> um, I couldn't find anything about, I thought they're, yeah, I was kind of curious to see who their brewmaster is. Anytime I taste beer that I think is brewed really well quality wise, I always try to do a little research on their brewmaster. And currently their head brewer is... Uh, a guy who's more into actually the wild ales and the sours and the blending and stuff, <laughs> um, which is strange so, because like the general consensus when they first came to our market anyway, was that the person bringing them here and importing or distributing the beer was he- leaning really heavy on the sours, which is what they thought would crush in the market, do really well. Right. And then they were like, they people who were like seeing their beer, they're like, oh no, do you have any like shilling? Do you have any of the loggers? Do you have any of the pilsners? And then that's like kind of what they started bringing in and now it sells out almost immediately and they don't have enough of it and they can't sell enough of it because people are going bonkers for it (laughs) that's interesting yeah i don't i don't know i I haven't i mean we're about to drink a goza but like i haven't that's the only thing i've delved into as far as their sour program is concerned i didn't really see a lot of it on the website when i was perusing through it. it was mostly classic old world styles like these guys are brewing classic styles like from every country almost. Uh, so, you know, I don't know. I didn't notice a lot of sour stuff. Um, so that's because they're tech. See, like, I don't know how you would like say they've decided to do this. This is purely from marketing standpoint. Their sour side or house or whatever mm-hmm. however you want to call it is called resilience. So it's a oh. whole other like name and vibe that they're giving to the same people, the same producers, but because it's their wild series, they're calling wow, it okay. resilience. So it's, they've almost like have a sub brand or something. Yeah, essentially they just want, I think it to be really distinctively different. And again, because doing wild ales and barrel aging and blending is, you know, a lot more it's like alchemy. experimental. It's alchemy. Yeah. And, and, and there's and, no, yeah. you can't rely on anything. Either. Right. Right. Versus what I think that they do really well with shilling and under the shilling banner is the classic styles with their little kind of precision. Yeah. yeah. But it's, it's very like everything about this beer is intentional, you know, it seems like to me, which is great. Yeah. Like it tastes like no, there are no, no mistakes. mistakes. Yeah. <laughs> everything is supposed to be there yeah. and it tastes. The way the style and dictates everything complements everything taste. else. Like I could drink this for the rest of my life. Yeah, I really. We could sit here and grow old together, Liz. 
that's fine i'm cool with that these are the beers i want to drink for the rest of my life <laughs> i wanted to ask you because you are a brewer and you brew if you brew beer what is the attraction to making these styles because i know i like drinking these styles but as a brewer and like i, I even want to like reach out to them and contact them and just be like what is your philosophy what is your ethos like why did you decide to do this what attracts you to doing these styles is it just because you like to drink them <laughs> is that purely that's a, that's it or like, a large part of for it for me for me that's probably more what? than half of it okay, uh, okay. You know, <laughs> it's also like i've always been one to want to fill the void that's not here like I, I don't think i ever would need to make a new england ipa in this market i mean right. I, I, and, and if i did i would just call it mandatory i think <laughs> um but that's uh, really funny I, I just feel like um it's an underserved section and I, I think it's it's growing a little bit like usually now every local brewer around here has at least a pilsner it seems like so they've got a lager somewhere in their lineup um but like to focus on it like it's also, um, it's very rewarding. It's a longer process and you have to pay more attention to detail, but like really it's like anyone can make sugar water, right? You know, anyone can, uh, you know, steep some grains at a temperature and, and convert and get your starches and like throw in some hops or whatever. Like we can yeah. all do that. It's like what you do afterwards and how you care for it while it's fermenting is what really like changes the game. So if you properly log or something, you do a proper diacetyl rest towards the end. Um, you handle everything cleanly, and then you put it in a keg, and you wait, and you wait, and you wait, and you just fucking wait for it, man. And it, like, you know, it, it, it is rewarding. But, like, let it age for, you know, it's going to ferment for three, two, three, sometimes four weeks, but around three weeks, you're going to keg it, but you don't want to drink it for another couple of months after that. Like, just let it wait. And so when you have to let it, like, it forces your hand to be patient. and it's just so much more rewarding when you finally drink it. And it's so clean and so crisp and to like, I don't know, like this beer that we're drinking right now, you could read a newspaper through like uh, yeah. through the other side of the glass. Like that's, <laughs> that's like amazing. And that's a, a testament to time and tradition. And it just, I don't know. I just think it's fucking cooler. Like in, in a lot of ways. Right, 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 right. You know, it's like, there's so much more precision to yeah, this. And it, as every well. mistake will show. So right. like, you know, I, it's like, check out our seven hop IPA. And it's like, well, <laughs> I don't even, I just taste muddy hopness and whatever. I, you know, this is so precise and like everything has to be so on point. It's just really, I don't know. It's wonder. This is a wonderful beer. It's the best beer I've had in a while. Yeah, I agree. Uh, so my <sighs> first introduction with them was the Kolsch, actually. I have not had their Kolsch. So um, my local spot, my beer spot, my bar. Uh, my hood uh that's what he first had thank you that's what he first had and he was like oh i think you like this and i was like shilling i've seen him around and he's I was like where they have from? it on draft he had it in a can so i saw like kind of their vibe when i saw the can and i was like all right man whatever like kolsch i'll drink a kolsch any day of the week give me any kolsch that's great <laughs> i'll drink it and i drank it and i was like oh this is like pretty good quality pretty high quality beer and i would be interested to see like what other things i can get from them so then a couple days later, I went in and Alexander was the next thing I had, which is their Czech-style Pilsner, which is their, like, workhorse or, like, flagship if they, you know, they claim they have one, which I don't think they really do. But it's the beer they produce the most of, uh, people drink the most of it. And I think it is the, the one most I've appealing. Seen the most. Yeah. yeah, it's the most appealing of, I mean, of everything. Yeah, yeah. Czech-style Pilsner. Come on, you can't go wrong. 
Uh, and I was like, all right, man, these guys like know what they're doing. After I tried that beer, I was like, okay, that's like, I have to have this. Um, and then predominantly I stuck to the lagers. I think the next thing I had was the rice lager, which had like cute little koi fish on the label. Um, that then, looks great. I really wanted to. You sent me a great. picture of that. And it was I, great. I'm a sucker for a good, <laughs> I love a good rice lager. So light. Uh, land beer, another like hit for me. I think I really only I had land one beer, beer that I didn't care for too particularly but i don't know the age of it so i can't really speak to that and i'm sure if i had it their tap room it would be great mm, yeah um i don't remember it was just literally just like basic lager or like base lager it was like some just like generic lager and well, it wasn't that like, land okay. beer? no no it was a different one different from land beer um and then really what uh, this i mean the merriment i think is fantastic and yeah. it, it may be one of the best beers i've had all year for sure i think it does go into contention um, but the Constantine, which is the Marzen from uh, Schilling, was really what kind of put put it over the top for me. Was, so That's their Oktoberfest, yeah. their like Marzen style, which was fantastic. Was it, well. so it was darker than this one? This was amber. Yeah, right, it was. Okay. It was you know the actual rusty. amber lager. Yeah, but it was yeah, a lager, yeah. or did they use ale? Lager, yeah. lager, lager, lager. Um, and it was great. It was really, really fantastic. Uh, so here's the town. That's their town beautiful it literally does look like a movie set which now just makes me like a like you're saying want to go there more and be keep like supporting them and drinking their product um but i haven't had this i haven't had this poppy's moon chip yet i've been closely trying to stick to the loggers so when i see other things i give them a whirl but i've been kind of honing in on the, yeah, the for sure, loggers for sure. for sure they're just so damn um, good i've had but this one. goza okay so goza is was and is-ish. I mean, Saison is really my favorite beer style, honestly. Um, but Goza was always really high up there for me. And it was the traditional, the more traditional Leipzig German style Gozas. Before, like, the craft market here kind of tainted it and made people think it was just, like, super sour, acidic water. Right. Which is not, <laughs> it's not. There were, again, there are a lot more nuances, you know. Yes. It was actually the salt, so it brought a salinity. It was the coriander. It were things that made just the overall beer work together so well um and i get kind of like nervous when i see like this one has passion fruit and limes i'm like uh but i i'm excited to try a style that i classically like drinking from a brewery that i think does styles really well (laughs) so your opinions of this it's it's been a few weeks so i'd like to taste it again but but uh it, it was good um I wouldn't want more than an eight ounce pour of it. Yeah. You said they have over 60 taps out there? I think, like, I looked at their beer list, and, like, if they're making all of those in regular rotation, uh, they got to have a lot of tap lines. I mean, it's crazy. They break it down by country, and it's, uh, like, every big beer country you could think of with many styles within, you know? Right. Team. Yes, let's see. Um, their current head brewer <laughs> uh used to brew at a place in southern or uh, South Carolina. No, South South Southern California. Okay, so that makes way more sense. That he's into like the sour and blending and all kinds of stuff. Phantom Carriage Brewery. Never heard of them. I'm sure it's good. And from what I gather, it's like a couple brothers and like their dad helped them invest in opening this place. That's what it looked like. Yeah. I'm not sure. I was trying to find for how long they've been around, but I can't find it. 
which is always like what I ask also when a beer is really good and I like beers because of the mature it speaks to the maturity but like you're saying it could just be somebody who like knows how to brew lagers and pilsners yeah I mean if one of the founders isn't a brewer they can afford to hire some, you know I mean <laughs> you you hire a brewer and you who hire knows, them based on what you want stuff. to be yeah, made I suppose their stuff They have, they do have a lot of cans to go, and they do wood fired pizza normally, which is cool too. Munich style dark lager. Like if you go to their our Oof. beers page, yeah, like yeah, it's yeah, like yeah, yeah. So, so, so yeah, yeah, they're liquid. Yeah, yeah, under liquid. Yeah, I, I mean, don't you think that's just a list of beers they like? They do make, not like that they always have. Oh, sure. I don't know, but it's a lot of beers. Like, it's very extensive. I don't know what they're doing now because of COVID. Belgian-inspired ales, Scandinavian-inspired yeah. ales, Czech-inspired lagers, German-inspired lagers, German-inspired ales, so that's the ghost that we're going to drink, European-style wheat beers, <laughs> Saison's Farmhouse Wild. Yep. And then they have Resilient beers, which we talked about was the whole sour program. And actually, there's a ton of IPAs under Resilience, so maybe that's also... Right, there's where your hazy IPAs are located. Yes. But, so, I don't know, I don't want to beat a dead horse, but uh, I love breweries that do have multiple styles because, as you're saying, it's cool to go there, it's cool to visit, and when I go and I'm hanging out with a bunch of people, breweries that have a ton of different beers are always going to have something for every single person that I'm there with that they're going to enjoy. Yeah, my only... It's part of, like, a community vibe. It's part of a hangout vibe. It's part of something that gets people to stay longer. If you have more things to try, and they're all different, you know, people want to do that. Like, I remember the first time I went to Cigar City, which is, like, a eh example, but they literally had, like, 20-something beers on draft, and I wanted to try them all. So I was like, okay, let's do this. Like, <laughs> Bring the flights. Yeah, right? Let's do a couple flights. I'm not going to remember this tomorrow. <laughs> Precisely. No, I, the, my only concern when a brewery makes that many beers is that they're not doing them all well or justice. Now, everything that I've had so far from here is pretty damn good. So, you know, I, I think we're okay there. But, like, there's, there's some things where it's like, okay, maybe you guys don't need to be doing this. You know what I mean? I don't know. I have, like, the same exact philosophy when I'm trying to pick a place to go to eat. Yeah. It's, just, it's very similar. You're like, wow, if your menu is, like... Fish and chips and burgers and Chinese food and pizza. You know, it's like you're like you're just throwing everything at the wall and well, trying like, to see what sticks. You're not really focusing on one thing and doing it really well. If you're at a diner <laughs> in New Jersey and you don't find something off the first page of that menu, like don't go to page 50 of that diner <laughs> menu. Like they're not going to do that good. Like get a burger or get right, one of the right, five right. things on the front damn right. page. That you like, normally you know, yeah, get exactly. when you go to a diner. Precisely. Precisely. Um, right. Which uh, is really freaking. All right, cool. I want to try this Goza. Poppy's Moonship. I'm going to chug this merriment because it's chuggable. It is. What chug- is a normal Hellas uh, ABV then? This is six. So a normal Hellas is what, like five? Five. Yeah, so it's like it's a slightly yeah. higher. Okay, I got you. Like, I thought it would be even more boozy than this. And so, but like, I could drink this all day. Yeah, it's delightful. Oh man. Okay. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, it's there's a lot going on here. Let's I want to let's read like what they write under the description because it seemed kind of like off whatever for them and I was just like, "Oh, okay. 
But so again, it's their version of Leipziger style Goza, which is traditionally like yeah, what you're really supposed to have in a Goza. 4.8. Um, they took inspiration from like cocktails, like mixology. That's yeah. what they're that's what they're trying to say, and they want a, like a tiki vibe going for this. So the lime with the passion fruit, and this is their angle at a, <laughs> at a hard seltzer or something. Kind yeah, of yeah, 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 yeah. But with it still being a traditional style beer, which I like better, but I would like to try it plain, like just the goes. Yeah, they do. Yeah, yeah, they have just the plain. I, just, I never, don't think I've that they're probably not it. canning that, you know? Yeah, I've never seen that here. Plain goes is not going to fly off a shelf. Like, you want the fruity no. stuff. To, right. You want stuff I that's going to appeal, man. I need the elderberries and the... Oh, the elderberries. The cardamom and the elderberry. Yeah, elf. they just do a regular. And then right. they do raspberry, blackberry, cherries and raspberries, passion fruit and lime. See, it is... Okay, so even with what they're doing, I will give them credit and I'll say this. Uh, Berliners, which are kind of similar yeah. to Goza's, they mm-hmm. are a different style, but yeah. their whole thing was the low ABV and the blending with the syrup. So it right. was the raspberry and the woodruff. So they're still kind of doing things that yeah. you could argue, like they're not doing, you know, watermelon. Like they're not doing things like that extreme. They're kind of still, I guess passion fruit is kind of extreme. Yeah, but a little bit. <laughs> it's I feel funny. like they're still trying to honor like what the original style was. And right. The difference being Goza is a kettle sour, whereas um, there's bacteria in Berliner Weiss that, that gives it the sour flavor. That's right. Just throwing that for, out there. For those people out there. Styles are similar. They, they, yeah, they're they're very similar, similar, and I feel like when you're looking for something... They just achieve the sourness drink, yeah, in a different way. Exactly. The, they give you both what you're kind of looking for. I think this is very subtle and very... It's, it's done really well. <laughs> it's very fruity on the nose. I actually really like it. It's, but then the finish is nice and tart, and it's not too... It's really not too over-fruited or anything like it. Not at all. It, to me, it really just tastes like a Leipziger goes with lime. I think the passion fruit's all on the nose, like you're saying, like the fruitiness really on is. the nose. Yeah, I mean, I don't know yeah. if I've ever really eaten a passion fruit. It's a, there's a slight bit of it on the finish, because it's not just lime to me. Um, but yeah, see, and I, and I would love like eight ounces of this with a certain, a nice food pairing or something, you know, but I, I wouldn't, I'm not going to sit here and crush pints of this. <laughs> well, luckily they have like 80 other beers that you can drink. Right. And I agree. This is great, but I will continue to stick to the lagers that I see. <laughs> But again, it's not too overdone. I like the saltiness uh, of it. Yeah, yeah, the saltiness comes through. Um, the sour and like lactic quality is there, but it's not over the top. Like it's, I don't know. It's done well done. Brewed well. Yeah. Not my favorite beer, but it is well done. So my two two things are sign of a good brewery and sign of a good brewer. If you can make a good lager, and if you can. I can you can convert me into drinking a style that I normally wouldn't drink. Right. That's like my whole. If you're doing those things, then you're you're just you got me because yeah, you're keeping you're giving <laughs> me what I want, and then you're also teaching me that I can like something that you do really well. Yeah, I'll try it. To me, it should, beer should never be a chore to drink, and this is not. You know, agreed. Agreed. These guys are good. Great, <laughs> man. You know, you really think you get a handle of it, and then you just don't. 
All right. So <laughs> big shout. I really did. Um, fucking motorcycles. Hang on. Uh, big shout out to Schilling Birko. I'm sure like when I can get up there, I'll come visit you. <laughs> and keep having the balls to make awesome loggers in a haze bro world. I really appreciate that. Um, maybe I'll, I don't know. Just tell them we did this somehow. Reach out to them electronically and tell them we did this, and we're we'll send them a link. Yeah. yeah, maybe maybe we'll have Q and A answered or like some cool insider shit next time. Um, this is super fun. Episode forty four. Forty four in the bag. I know. We'll we'll go on to the next one at some point. There's always a ton of fish stuff to talk about. There's always a ton of beer stuff to talk about. Uh, so I think that's it. We're gonna go out on. One of your playlist songs. Do you want to give us any insight as to why you picked this? Yeah. Um, <laughs> so the Fall 99 T- playlist 10, is... Uh, October 9th, 1999. October, October 9th, 1999. It yes. was the first night of a two-night stand in Albany at the yeah. then Pepsi Arena. But if you're an old deadhead, you know this as the Nick, the Knickerbocker Arena. And um, I chose... All of the songs on the playlist I chose because they were highlights of the shows I went to, obviously. But uh, this one, I was going to take a 2001 from a different show, but this one is just one of my favorite 2001 dance parties of all time. And you just don't get a 20-minute 2001 anymore. So uh, never. I thought we'd, uh, <laughs> we'd go out that way. It's just one of those where I just remember bouncing so hard. Uh, I was in the 100s um, on page side, about halfway down. Um, Albany's small. It's a nice little, like a mini MSG almost. Uh, it's a yeah. great, great arena. Um, I think it was general admission that night, if I'm not mistaken, and I sat where I sat. But uh, uh, this is an awesome 2001. And the whole playlist is really good, if you ask me, but I'm a little biased. You made it. We'll <laughs> yeah. post it. We'll post that uh, along with all the beer details and where you can find Chilling Beer and their website, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, thank you for listening to this episode of Gotta Brew. I'm Eliza. And I'm J3PO. We'll catch you next time.